Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, amid glass and steel towers, in the heart of the South's largest city with the busiest airport in the world, this is The Conversation Cafe, a weekly internet radio show that interviews fascinating guests who are engaged in a verbal exchange of sentiments, observations, opinions, and ideas that educate, empower, and enlighten. Well, you know that age-old saying, if you change something in history, it might change something right now. This is Conscious Radio for Conscious People. There would have never been special education had there not been school desegregation. And now, here are your hosts, A. Raquel and Mahogany Dawn. Welcome to another edition of the Conversation Cafe. I am Eric Kale here in Studio 3408, live in Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome all to the show. Hope you had a great beginning of the week. We had a wonderful beginning of the week, and we are happy that you have joined us here in Studio 3408. For all of you listeners that have joined us from across the country, um, you can call us in at any time at 773-897-3986. And join the conversation. You can also hit us up on Twitter at the Combo Cafe as well as Facebook at the Combo Cafe. This week's show is a very exciting show. We will start off our Black History series uh, by talking about celebrating our people and their accomplishments. So, again, welcome to the show. Hope you had a wonderful ride home. For those who are stuck in the car, stuck in the snow, um, lean back and enjoy the show. Uh, we are going to be joined later by our entertainment news correspondent, Ray Cornelius of RayCornelius.com. He's going to be stopping by, telling us about the trending news um, in celebrity land and letting us know exactly what's going on. I'm sure that you have heard some great stories over the past weekend. Um, that in, to include the Super Bowl, a uh, very surprise ending to the Super Bowl, but nonetheless it was one of the best Super Bowls that I've seen. Um, the commercials weren't that great this year. I kind of missed seeing those wonderful commercials that we used to um, do see. But Mountain Dew, to me, had the best commercial of them all. With the twerking and the furniture and the dancing men, I think they were having a great time. So I thoroughly enjoyed that particular commercial. And also, to let you know what's going on here in the city of Atlanta, uh, Avon Ailey will be joining, coming to town. The Avon Ailey uh, American Dance Theater will be coming to town February the 15th, uh, 11th through the 15th. And if you want to get involved and see the show, you, um, they're having the Alvin, um, the Ailey Fan Night on Wednesday, February the 11th. All seats, I say all seats in the house will be $25. So if you want more information about that and get some tickets, you uh, you can call 855-285-8499. And you can also go on alvinailey.org forward slash Atlanta or check out the foxtheater.org uh, website get more information about that. There will be great outings for family um, and friends, um, the like. Um, I've seen the show um, a couple of times, and it indeed is something to be proud of to see um, as we celebrate Black History Month. Also, we'll be in prayer for Barbara Christina, who has been moved from uh, North Fulton Hospital to Emory um, Hospital in uh, Decatur, um, where it is the number one hospital in the country for treating um, her uh, condition, and so we want to keep the family in our prayers and, um, you know, keep them lifted up, and uh, we can't uh, pass judgment. We can't uh, say what would happen, what didn't happen. Um, all we can do now is be uh, a cohesive energy, um, sell of energy, and send up prayers to the Creator in hopes that she will make a full recover, cover, recovery, that her body will uh, function as it has been designed. So with that being said, we want to again welcome you to the Conversation Cafe, and um, we are going to get right into the show. Uh, we have on the line with us now our, uh, one of our favorite correspondents, uh, the Entertainment News, of course, uh, correspondent Ray Cornelius is joining us for this evening, and I'm sure that he has some information for us um, 
that will bring us to speed up what's going on in entertainment and with celebrities. Um, right now, we would like to welcome Ray to the show. Hi, Ray. Hey, Vinner. How are you? Wonderful. How are you this evening? I'm doing just fine. What's going on? How was your day? It was good. It was good. It looked cold outside, but other than that, can't complain. Right, right. Well, you know, there is uh, definitely a lot going on in uh, in entertainment. And like you just said, definitely sending up prayers uh, for Bobby Christina. Um, it was really weird. I was actually leaving uh, the theater on Saturday afternoon, uh, SpongeBob premiere here in Atlanta, and received a text about the situation and jumped in the car and, and joined another um, reporter friend of mine, Rose Scott, who is a uh, – a um, reporter here for the NPR affiliated station here in Atlanta. And we actually went to the um, home and then we were directed to the hospital uh, where we met with other reporters. And that is where uh, Dr. Uh, I'm sorry, not doctor, but uh, police officer Lisa Holland released the official statement about uh, what was happening with Bobby Christina, uh, that she was found face down in the uh, bathtub of her Roswell home. She was found by her husband and an unidentified uh, friend. He immediately tried to um, perform CPR on her, and um, the friend called 911, and then when the uh, police officers got there, they performed life-saving procedures and then took her to the hospital. So been a lot of different reports, uh, some saying that, you know, she has decreased significantly, but then I've also seen reports where it says that she's opened her eyes and that she's improving a little bit. So I think right now that the best thing that we can do is to continue to keep her lifted in prayer and and praying for the family. Um, It's a tough situation, really, really tough situation. And uh, we're all just hoping, you know, that she um, makes a full recovery. You know, anytime you're in a situation where someone is on a ventilator or is having to be kept alive by a machine. That's that. That's always very tough. So right. that, um, that she will come out of that. So, yeah. What are you, in your thoughts? Yeah, I, you know, a surprise, of course. But like you say, wishing the best for her. You know, I would love to see her fully recover and you know have the opportunity to live live a very and productive life. You know, um, I saw a news story earlier and a lady by the hospital, actually an older lady was stating that she felt that she uh, believes that Barbara Christina never Mm -hmm. really had the opportunity to fully grieve and has not um, recovered from the death of her mother. And that that could be very um, true um, by her being the only child. And, you know, it's just hard, you know, um, losing her mom, I think, was at the age of 18, and so now she's 21 years old. So, you know, um, I took, had the opportunity to see one of the tweets that went out, too, um, wishing, you know, talk to her mom how, how she misses her and, you know, things like that, and she's talking about the anniversary. So um, the grieving process can be a very long and arduous um, process, and sometimes, you know, when people around us are not aware of exactly what's going on with us, it can make it very hard to function. Yeah, yeah. It's like I said, it's a real touch and go situation. Um, I, I saw something where you know, again, she just never really, um, like you said, had the opportunity to uh, grieve uh, about her mother's situation, and um, you know, just really, really um, kind of scary. Just the timing of this um, being the weekend before. The Grammys, and as as many of you, you know, as we all know, Whitney passed away Grammy weekend. So to have this kind of take place right on the cusp of the anniversary was just really, really odd. So again, we are uh, hoping uh, and wishing and praying and keeping her uh, lifted in prayer, as well as the family, and hoping that they can work, you know, everything out. And um, yeah, just just really wishing her the best. Well, in in some good news. Um, you know, tonight is the night, another big premiere on BET at 10 p.m., Being Mary Jane. Uh, last week, as, yeah. as uh, you guys remember, I was actually on location here in Atlanta for a premiere of the series. And I got to tell you, <laughs> this season is really going to be off the chain. I mean, last week, uh, last week's preview, there was a, it was a 
slightly different Mary Jane, and I, I we we kind of you know took this vow that we we would not talk about it. I, I can't give any details away, but I will say that uh, it is a very different Mary Jane. I think we're going to see a, a, a very different side of her uh, this new season. And again, that comes on this evening at 10 p.m. on BET. Also, in other news, you know, this um, week there is a number of events that are taking place in Los Angeles. Um, Tomorrow is the African-American Film Critics Association uh, dinner that is taking place in Los Angeles, and a lot of big winners this year. Um, Ava DuVernay's uh, Selma is a a real big one. Beyond Lights, uh, which was the film that came out last year about the singer and the relationship with the uh, with the officer, uh, featuring Gugu Mbatha Raw as well as Nate Parker, is also receiving awards as well as Tyler Perry. So that's taking place on Wednesday, and then Thursday is the Essence Women in um, Music event. You know that's the annual event that they do every uh, week of the Grammys. And this year, um, the performers are Jill Scott. You've got uh, Shaka Khan, Brandy. Um, MC Light was uh, recently added to that lineup, as well as um, Leanne LaHavis. And basically, these women are going to do a um, tribute to the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and 2000 uh, on up music. So that should be really, really exciting. And then also on Friday are the NAACP Image Awards. And uh, set to present at this year is Common, as well as Angela Bassett, Chadwick Boseman. Uh, David Oyelowo, Lawrence Fishburne, um, Oprah Winfrey, as well as Kerry Washington and Lorenz Tate. So that should be really, really exciting. It will be airing um, live from the Pasadena Civic Auditorium at 9 p.m. on TV One. And uh, that should be really, really exciting. Um, lots of uh, surprises at this year's show. So really looking forward to that. Also, speaking of Oprah, she is teaming up with uh, Selma director Ava DuVernay for a, a uh, series that will um, air on OWN. Um, really, really exciting news. And uh, the title of the series actually will be an adaptation of Natalie Bazile's novel Queen Sugar, which centers on an African-American widow who uproots herself and her 11-year-old daughter by moving the two of them from Los Angeles to Louisiana when she inherits a sugar cane field. So, well, interesting story. <laughs> Very interesting story. Yeah. But you know what? I, I know it's going to be good because Ava DuVernay is such an awesome director, and Oprah Winfrey has just done an outstanding job with her network and really uh, honing in on um, unique and um, very diverse programming. So I know that this will be a project that, uh, that we'll be definitely talking about um, in, in times to come. So looking forward to that. Also got to give a mention to um, Empire will be airing tomorrow as well. And then you also have Scandal and How to Get Away with Murder, which is taking place on Thursday. So for this and all, oh, you know what, before I go into that, got to give you guys a shout out for coming out last night to the Ailey Circle event that I hosted. Um, we had a great time and you guys actually won some prizes. Yes, sir. In the place yeah. to be. In the place to be. Yeah. And we thoroughly enjoyed it. It's, I, I'm excited about even going to see the um the production. I'm yes. very forward to it. Mm-hmm. Yes. So well, before you go, Ray, I have a question for you. Okay. I have a question for you, really. What do you think about the, okay. the, the negative press that um, Empire can get in terms of it you know, being um, – being yeah, you know, it's funny you mention that because I've, I have been reading uh, several articles uh, from individuals who uh, are not happy, you know, with uh, the portrayal uh, on, on the show. Um, there's also been buzz that, you know, the fact that the show is on um, Fox and Fox is not a, uh, I should say, is not a fan of Barack Obama. Um, some of the comments that were made on the show, I, you know... For me, it's entertainment, it's television. Um, I think that people also need to realize that a lot of the things that we watch is for escapism, you know, and you take that stuff with a grain of salt. Was I offended by the comments that were made? No, because I know that that's a television show. Those are characters. And and the reality is what we've seen on that show, um, gosh, in talking to individuals that are in the music industry – and in the entertainment industry, 
it's it's not that far off. And so yeah, I just, you know, yeah. I, and, and I've heard that a lot. I've heard that from a lot of musicians that, wow, this guy, you know, has really been able to capture what it's really like to be a musician. So I think that, you know, a lot of times, um, and this goes back to that conversation of, are, you know, should television be uh, just entertainment or, you know, should we really look at, you know, the fact that you've got these images going out there, is, is this all that, 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 that can be portrayed of the African-American image? I mean, there's so many conversations that we can have about it. I I like the show. I like, um, I like the characters. I like the storyline. And I always say this, give a show at least one season to see how the characters um, change, to see how the storylines change, and to see... Um, the direction that Lee Daniels is going to take this. I, 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 I think it's a little premature to bash the show when we've only had four episodes, not even four, three. Yeah, four, no, four episodes. And so I think right. you, have to, you have to give it at least a full season to say, okay, this is not a show that I want to support. I agree you know, with so, you. I agree with you. I think, yeah, I think yeah. the bigger issue is uh, it's being on Fox. I think that Cafe. I'm Ava Kell, and we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to get into our topic for the evening. 
Um, we're going to be talking about celebrating our people and their accomplishments. This is Black History Month. Stay tuned for the Conversation Cafe.
Cafe. I'm Ada Raquel, and I'm joined here in the studio with Mahogany Dawn. And we're going into our new segment here for the month, Black History Month, celebrating our own people and their accomplishments. Uh, every year, we know we have an opportunity to take some time out and talk about our sheroes and heroes, and no different here on the Conversation Cafe. What I wanted to do was also let you know that um, the History Channel is running a series, as they do all every year um, but during Black History Month, um, celebrating the origins of Black History Month. And basically, um, I don't think we could get that clip up, or you want me to just read the story? I don't know. We can try it and see if the clip comes up and see if we're able to hear the clip. Okay. If not, in the meantime, what we've got to do is kind of tell you a little bit about how Black History Month came about. Of course, we know that Black History Month celebrates African Americans and their contributions to American history and development. The, of course, this month-long affair was the brainchild of distinguished black historian Dr. Carter G. Woodson, who established Negro History Week in 1926. Woodson chose the second week of February because it marked the birth of Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln, two influential figures in black history. In 1976, President Ford issued the first message of observance of Black History Month, and 10 years later, Congress designated February as National Black or Afro-American History Month. So that kind of tells you how we are now here and celebrating the entire month of February as um, African-American History Month or Black History Month, however you want to refer to it as, you know, some folks say we're black, some people refer to themselves as African-American. Right. But that's just the gist if we can't get the video up to kind of in, inform you or enlighten you on how black history came about. So pretty much for about 30, I think it was 60, about 39 years now we've been celebrating the month of February and recognizing the month of February as Black History Month. Let's see if the clip will, will run. African American history dates back to the colonial period, when Africans were brought to the colonies as slaves. Yet black history was largely ignored by historians and the general public until the 20th century. At the forefront of the push to bring black history into public consciousness was a scholar and son of former slaves, Dr. Carter G. Woodson. Born in Virginia in 1875, Carter Woodson escaped poverty through education, ultimately receiving a doctorate from Harvard University in 1912. Throughout his studies, Woodson had noticed that the role of African Americans in American history was either misrepresented or missing altogether from the history books. Determined to encourage black studies and tell the stories of his people, he founded the Association for the Study of Negro Life. A year later, he began publishing the Journal of Negro History, now known as the Journal of African American History. Page by page, African Americans wrote themselves back into the history books. Encouraged by a swell of support, Woodson organized the first annual Negro History Week in 1926 for the second week of February to coincide with the birthdays of both Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass. The civil rights movement of the 1960s reflected the growing pride in cultural identity among the black communities. By the nation's bicentennial in 1976, African Americans were embracing their heritage and reminding America that black was beautiful. 26 years after Carter Wilson's death, Negro History Week became Black History Month as part of the bicentennial celebration. Dr. Carter Wilson left his double mark. His work ensured the long and rich histories of African Americans would never be forgotten. Black History Month continues his legacy. We honor them and their achievements in celebration of the African American experience. Yes, and 
as I stated earlier, you can catch all the segments for Black History Month on the History Channel. Um, they will be airing every week um, a different story about the civil rights movement. Um, we're going to take a look at those uh, throughout the month and play a segment from each one of the clips, and I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, we'll be covering the Civil Rights Act of 1964, as well as Jackie Robinson breaking the barriers, as well as Stokely Carmichael. I'm excited about that one. So keep tuning in to the Conversation Cafe from 7 to 8 p.m. on Tuesdays, and I'm sure you'll be happy with the discussion that we have. Um, we're going to have um, speak with Ray Cornelius and let, get him involved as well and tell us a little bit about history in terms of um, entertainment, and I'm sure he'll be able to um, bring some insight, some history maybe that we're not um, aware of. We're going to take a brief break. This is Conversation Cafe. Back to the Conversation Cafe. I am Annie Raquel here in Studio 3408, and we are celebrating Black History Month. And uh, we would like to get you involved in the conversation. If you give us a call, the number is 773-897-3986. You can also contact us on Twitter at the Combo Cafe, as well as Facebook at the Combo Cafe. So I'm hardly doing. 
If you had to go back in history and talk to any one of the sheroes or heroes that we celebrate during this month, which three would you want to talk to? Three. Hmm. If I had to go back in history, I probably would want to talk to Fannie Lou Hamer. I also would probably want to talk to Carter G. Woodson. And I also probably would want to talk to, let's see, I'm Lady W.E.B. Du Bois. Great choices, great choices. I think uh, those are great choices. Why why would you want to talk to those three individuals? Well, they all they all have contributed to our to black people as a whole, our race as a whole, um, and they contributed in various ways. I think that I would I would look at Fannie Lou Hamer mainly because she's a female. Mm-hmm. And the stance she took, the strength that she had, the determination behind um, the focus, and to probably ask her the question: If she had to do it all over again, would she do it that way? And would she do it? Would she do it? Period. Oh, great answer! Great answer! Great answer! I think for me, I would love to speak to Dr. Maya Angelou, um, basically because of how she. Um, Entertainment, and then she rose to success by being a very conscious and a wise individual. Um, how she took the words and basically were able to frame them in a manner that um, spoke volumes to the people around her, and not only African Americans, but uh, people around the world. Uh, my second choice probably would be uh, Malcolm X. I would love to have have the opportunity to speak to Malcolm X to see, you know, what his thoughts were. Um, the latter part of his life when he decided, you know, he took his uh, trip to Mecca and came back and was trying to, you know, get his organization together um, around the time that he was killed. I would love to have have a conversation with him to see exactly, you know, uh, we hear all the time why his mind changed when he went to Mecca and saw all these other individuals worshiping um, in that religion together as one unit. I would love to see, you know, firsthand, you know, get from him firsthand um, what took place. And I think thoroughly I would love to speak with um, Sojourner Truth. I think that would be a great, great conversation, get her train of thought um, of what she was thinking during the times when she was making, uh, taking her opportunities to, you know, leave her mark on the world. So those three individuals to me would be profound people to talk to to see exactly um, how they went about seizing the opportunities that they were given, um, and and you know just sitting at their feet and and seeing if there's something that we can uh, take from them um, and apply it today that we think we are applying, um, but they say no, you you may be missing the mark. I really meant this. You know, I would love to get if I had an opportunity, I would love to kind of probably pour all of them. Um, into a room together for a open roundtable discussion about, you know, giving them an opportunity to take a look at where we are today, how things are today, and looking at the struggle, the stance, the, the, the mission, the vision that they took, had, tried to fulfill, um, sacrifices that were made, the question I probably would have for all of them around the table, if you look at today, 2015, Mm -hmm. and where black people are as a whole, um, would you have put your, would would you have put your life and would you have on on the line or would you have made the same type of sacrifices to know that we would end up or be where we are today? And if they are looking at today, do they see do they see their um the work are they looking at it from a standpoint that the work that they put in, the sacrifice they made, whether or not it was beneficial 
to to where we are today and the type of things that we are doing. Uh, yeah, I know, you know, just like we're on the radio today, we're on the radio today because of the sacrifices of some, you know, of some of them. Yes, but when I look at the progression mm-hmm. and the progress of the people as a whole, would they really or could they openly and honestly say that, you know, I died for this and it was worth it? Mm-hmm. Or would they really sit back and say, man, I should have went and sat down on my sofa, kicked up my feet, and threw back some brews and kind of chilled and chillaxed and watched my children grow up and watched my grandchildren be born and grow because what I see today was really not worth the sacrifice. It was really not worth the the time and the effort that I put in, the beatings, the the name calling, the the days or nights in prison, or not prison, but jail, you know, the water holes, dog fights, you know, would they really say that, yeah, or would they or would they really look at it and say, yeah, we think that all of that that we did was really worth it because we're looking at a, a totally progressive group of people who are moving forward and the future looks promising and the future looks bright, or would they look at it and say, man, they're not much further along um, now than when I passed? Well, I know, even though I know some of them passed in the early 1900s, but still. Right. Well, I mean, uh, speaking of the individual I'd love to talk to, presently, I think Dr. Claude Alexander would be a great person to talk to, and based on uh, a lot of the footage that I've uh, had the opportunity to view listening to him on various radio shows, um, he's pretty much stating that uh, we're no longer, uh, we're no further along when those individuals came um, transitional journey through, you know, right. our lives or the lives of our parents, or, or forefathers or grandparents. We're no further along. As a matter of fact, he often states from a statistical standpoint that we are, have basically uh, went backwards. And right. he is uh, passionate about um, his people, saving his people, his black people. And uh, it seems like he, uh, I heard him on one particular show, I don't know if he was just tired of traveling or whatever, but he was basically stating that he was tired because he's been um, he's been promoting the same message for 30 years, and it's like the harder he talks about it, the more um, we go backwards. And he basically really does not, um, he puts responsibility on everyone in our community, but he really puts responsibility on that lack of advancement on our leaders, saying that our leaders really are not going out and fighting for black, quote-unquote, black people. Like other communities, like the Jewish communities will fight for Jewish people. Um, the Jewish community will stand up for um, certain rights and privileges and policies and procedures that really benefit their community. And when it comes to Blacks, or as we deem ourselves sometimes African Americans, um, he pr- pretty much takes the position on we always have to include everybody else. We don't really specifically um, champion our own causes, uh, our own causes um, that will uh, advance our community as a whole. But we go out and get everybody else and say, in order for ours to for us to go anywhere, we have to include everyone else. And basically just reading some of the material and just taking my own observation, I, I tend to agree with it. You know, it's, it's like if we go out and take a stance on things in our community, it's uh, we're race, you know, race baiting or we're playing the race card or whatever. When other communities can go out and do the exact same thing and receive benefits and advancement. So I totally understand why he takes that stance, and I, and I totally agree with it. All right. And I, and I guess, Another reason why I would really want to talk to Dr. Um, Woodson, Carter G. Woodson, would be to find out what what were your true intentions for wanting to have a time set aside to recognize um, blacks. You know, I know that you know somebody may be listening and like, come on, duh, mahogany. You know, it's because we wanted to, to recognize, you know, how we contributed to. Our, or recognize our contributions to America and the America that we live in today. Yes, I understand that. But when I when I every February that comes around, I guess my thing that that gets me is that we don't really have a focal point on the focus 
of what are we wanting people to know? Because are the only people who are concerned with Black History Month black people? And so was the focus to educate and enlighten other people about who we are and who who we were back then and who we are today? Or is it or, or was the focus just to say, Okay, I want to recognize Dr. Martin Luther King for what he did in the sixties with the civil rights movement or I want to recognize, you know, um um Benjamin E. Mays, or I want to recognize Fannie Lou Hamer or Sojourner Truth or all of those people, or I want that. I mean, because it seems like to me every February, and I know it's a very short month, but we tend to uplift the exact same people. I'm not discounting um, Dr. King. However, we do celebrate him in January, and we talk about his contributions to the civil rights movement and the advancement of, of Black people as a whole in January, and that's cool. But what's the real focus behind Black History Month? Because you know, I'm like, who who else is concerned besides Black people, and who else does it matter to besides us? Well, I think you know, living here in the Western Hemisphere, it would it would seem that we're on we're Black people are only concerned. But I I believe I just tend to believe that there are people around the globe, around the world that are concerned about the contributions that we've made because um, they can't help themselves now, whether they admit it uh, publicly or privately. The thing about it is, once we set the tone for something, whether it be civil rights, whether it be entertainment, whether it be um, freedom or, you know, um, fashion, and everyone takes their cues from us. And it's like uh, they take the cues from the blacks, and then we get lost in the in the whirlwind so so to speak and forgotten. I do believe that we're important and people around the globe uh recognize the importance that the importance that blacks have played, uh, Africans have played because they you know, if it wasn't for them, um, as a society we wouldn't have certain foundational aspects of this society. Uh, we built this country, um and we can say that uh, from 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 the inception until to its uh demise but you know, it's 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 and I think people recognize that um, privately. They don't want to state it publicly because it, it it appears that it gives us power, but the power belong belongs to us, and we have to remember the, the contributions that have been made and the strides that have been made, not only for us, um, but other people. Um, because once we put things into play, uh, people can put pick the ball up. Uh, uh, you know, take the baton and they keep running. Uh, we appear sometimes to seem like we have stopped in the middle of the race, um, but I believe that there are people in various um, economic, social classes, and you know, um, genders. You know, um, there's there are people still that are fighting the good fight, and sometimes the good fight is not televised, nor is it broadcast, nor is it. Um, you know, written about, but there are people that are still fighting that fight for justice, freedom. Um, and um, I think the question that came up the other day that I, I heard a debate on um, that we really asked for um, was segregation or inclusion. And, you know, I think uh, going back and we've had this conversation before, segregation was uh, the most harmful thing that we can ever, do, you know, um, have. have uh, assimilated ourselves to or subjected ourselves to, I think the more important thing should have been us receiving um, justice or equal rights. And that, to me, doesn't, equal rights does not equate, equate to say, uh, being inclusive, included, um, because we weren't really included. Uh, we were just pacified. That's the way I look at it. And once we were pacified, our minds were taking off certain aspects of, you know, what it was to receive the uh, the rights and the freedom that other individuals come to this country and receive willingly um, is just placed in their lap. I think that's one of the biggest um, debates that they're having now with the immigration bill um, that President Obama has has introduced, um, allowing those individuals that are here. And I think it's something, a number of like 3 million people, illegal immigrants that are here, and we were forced to come here. Uh, we stayed. Where else were we going to go? You know what I mean? <laughs> You know, right. we're going to just return back to Africa. And when we had the opportunity to go to Africa, I don't believe that they really want us to go back to Africa, to be perfectly frank with you, because we were still um, the biggest um, 
contributors to the work, the labor force, you know, until okay. other other immigrants start coming. So now it is stated that we are pretty much, um, as a workforce, obsolete. And you have these other um, individuals that are coming. They receive money that um, belongs to other people in our society. Um, they get uh, breaks when it comes to housing, um, medical, and things of that nature. So um, having them here is really not the same kumbaya or have on rose-colored glasses. Uh, we are all God's children, kumbaya. That's not it. At the bottom line, it's capitalism. And so if they're a cheaper labor force, um, then they can they feel like then they can pay them less and get more because nationality. When you look around and see the faces and of, of the and the climate of the workforce, kind of, it's really drastically changed. And I think now what is taking place that I've noticed is there's a spin on it because those individuals that you willingly allow to come in and stay here, what they're doing is coming in, sending money back out. And they're also coming in, forming their own companies with one another, and outbidding the people that's giving them the job. So what are you guys? What are you going to do at that point? Because then, not only are they are taking from you, um, and you're paying them, and then they turn around and competing against you for a lesser price. So you're no longer getting the uh, money. You can't demand the money for the, the the jobs and the opportunities that you want to show forth to the general public. So I think it's a two-edged sword. And we're going to find ourselves um, in, a, in a position that maybe we cannot um, uh, rebound from or recover from. So, you know, that's just my, you know, my view of what's taking place. Um, for those of you joining us, this is Conversation Cafe. Where I'm, I'm here with my co-host, Mahogany Dorn, and we're celebrating Black History Month. We're talking about the accomplishment of our people, and we want you to join into the conversation. Uh, send us a tweet at the Combo Cafe, or you can email us at any time you comment or questions or concerns at the Combo Cafe at gmail.com. You can give us a call at any time. The number is 
two-lane, I'm going to say highways, because that's what they were, because it was a main thoroughway to connect people from one side of the town to the other. And um, they were in the street, literally walking in the street, um, trying to get to school because the school system deemed that within a certain mile radius around the school that they were not going to send buses or any type of transit. So those children were forced to walk to school or be dropped off by parents or to ride their bicycles or, you know, something along that manner. And so she fought very diligently to say, you know, I mean, back then, of course, we didn't have cell phones. We had cell phones, but it was like that brick brick phone. Right. Um, there weren't any photo capabilities, but she she got out there with the big VHS camera mm-hmm. on her shoulder, took videos, took photos with the regular um, 35 millimeter. Um, some, I know for some of you all that's foreign, where you put the film in and you rolled it and you advanced it by yourself and then took it to a place and had it developed. She took film, she took video, watching, you know, kids barely um, getting hit, I mean, just narrow narrow misses mm-hmm. by seconds of getting hit by cars that were speeding. There were not even lights to tell people to slow down, that this is a school zone. And so she just fought, and I watched her fight very hard and very diligently. People who who didn't look like us, who felt like what was the need? Right. Because they, they didn't look at our children as they in the same manner as their children. Right. And and really almost pretty pretty much, if not verbatim, ask that very question. Why do they need sidewalks? Why do they need flashing lights to tell people that you no longer can drive 45, 55 down this road? You now have to slow down to 35 or 25 miles an hour. They really asked her these questions. It's it's heart wrenching and it's and it's and it's a little, you know, it takes you aback a little bit because, like I said, we're not talking about her fighting in the 60s. We're not talking about her fighting for equal rights in the 50s. We're talking about her fighting for equal rights, and it was almost 1990. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Right. And so th- when I say that, it, it has not been long since these people got this in their neighborhood, you know, and the people who did not look like us who were serving on the board didn't see the need. I mean, kids were even killed. There were case, There were instances where children were hit on bicycles wow. trying to get to school, trying to get an education, um, watching her fight for equal rights. They had the women and children on the south side of town in their, um, with the Department of Health, mm-hmm. you know, trying to, re- to get services for their children and their babies. And they had them in the rain and in the cold with no type of shelter, lines wrapped around the building. She fought to get the building rebuilt and restructured so these mothers and their babies wouldn't be out in the cold and out in the rain. Um, They didn't even have a library on the south side of town. She fought to get a library built. They they asked the same question, why do they need a library? Well, Well, you know, uh, (laughs) some people, I guess, you know, they they have skew vision, they have limited vision, they have the... um, the me attitude, or it's for my for my eyes only, as he said, 007, my eyes only, but that's not true. So what we want to do is give a shout-out to Juanita Sanders Creer for being Absolutely. the first African-American female county commissioner for Doherty County. Doherty County. In Albany, Georgia. All right. Well, here um, is a hand clap for the great Juanita Sanders Creer. The honorable Juanita Sanders and we would like to thank all of our listeners for us this week on the Conversation Cafe. This is a certain event on one of the shows. We thank our, our entertainment news correspondent, Ray Cornelius, for stopping by. Make sure you stop by his um, website, raycornelius.com, and check out the latest that's going on in celebrity entertainment. And Mahogany Dawn and I would like to certainly um, welcome you back on next Tuesday from 7 to 8 p.m. for another edition of the Conversation Cafe. Until then, take care of yourself and remember to celebrate those heroes and sheroes in your life that have set a trend for you and have opened doors for you, been over backwards for you, and have set you on the straight and narrow. Until next week, have a great week. We love you. Thanks for 
for listening to the Conversation Cafe with A. Raquel at Mahogany Dawn. If you like what you just heard, you can continue to follow the conversation on Twitter and Facebook at The Combo Cafe. You can tell your friends, family, and colleagues that they can listen to previous shows at blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Conversation Cafe. This has been a Studio 3408 production. Join us next week for another edition of The Conversation and remember, where there's no dialogue, a story no conversation. You're my weakness. You change my world. Share my life. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.